Hi, this is Jesslyn Etchell, and I'm chatting with some of my favorite women in a series called Wildish Wise Women, Conversations with Everyday Goddesses. It's my passion to connect women and remind us that supporting one another is our greatest strength. These discussions are an extension of the in-person women's circles I lead in the Bay Area and will explore a variety of topics. Thanks for joining us. I am excited to welcome my guest, Melissa Eisler. She is a writer, editor, and teacher. Melissa is certified as a yoga instructor as well as a certified meditation teacher, and she's passionate about motivating people to live a healthy, balanced, purposeful life through her writings and teachings. Melissa recently launched her first book, hooray, The Type A's Guide to Mindfulness, Meditation for Busy Minds and Busy People in hopes that it will inspire people who are juggling stress in a busy calendar to find some form of mindfulness that works for them. Originally from the East Coast, Melissa is now living in San Diego, and she teaches yoga and meditation to both kids and adults. She runs the digital content platform for the Chopra Center for Wellbeing, and she's also the founder of Mindful Minutes, her blog about mindfulness and life balance in the digital age. Welcome, Melissa! Thank you so much. Well, first of all, congratulations on the book. Thank you. Yeah, it's a it's a big under it was a big undertaking. I bigger than tell. I thought. <laughs> yeah, there's so much good information in there. I have read it and I know it did quite well in its first day out the gate. I don't know um, if it's continued to touch a lot of people, but I imagine it has. It's it's great. Yeah, I've gotten some great feedback, some really inspiring emails. So that oh. was the goal. Excellent. Well, I have to say, I do not identify as type A at all, and I still really enjoyed it and learned a lot. So thank you. That's nice to hear. (laughs) Yeah. So, well, actually, we're going to talk about the power of meditation and mindfulness today. But before we really dive into the topic, let's just take a few moments to settle into the space. And if you're listening, you can join us in just a few deep breaths. Just inhaling through the nose and slow exhale out the mouth. May each woman who needs the wisdom of this call find her way here. May we speak from the heart and create a wave of peace that radiates out on a global level. And may each woman remember her sacred nature and feel the value of her presence in this world. All right. Well, Melissa, what is your favorite thing about being a woman? Favorite thing about being a woman? Gosh, there's a lot. Um, I think I would say, hmm, probably, it's funny, I was just at a leadership retreat just for women last week, so this is a poignant topic. Um, I would say probably our emotional intelligence and our sort of like our natural tendency to have these high levels of empathy, um, generalizing, of course. But I think women are naturally more in tune with their emotions and also more intuitive to other people's emotions and needs. And, um, you know, emotional intelligence and empathy, they're important to every part of life. Every, you know, every time you step into a relationship or whether you're a parent or in your workplace, community, pretty much anytime you're interacting with other humans. Yeah, (laughs) and and I I love... I just love that we can also see that as a strength because I think for so long people, maybe ourselves included, have seen that as a weakness. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it can be for sure, <laughs> depending <laughs> on how we hone it and use it. But, um, you know, like I said, I was at this leadership um, retreat last week. It was called the Leadership Smart Power Academy. Mm-hmm. And the the host really presented tons of data on how much how important it is to have women in the workplace and, and what they offer as opposed to what men offer. And a lot of it was very surprising. So that's great. Well, we definitely have the balance and it's nice to know that we can all um, support one another, you know, what men are bringing and what women are bringing that we need it all. Yeah, definitely. Well, let's start talking about mindfulness and meditation. I know you're like very, well-versed in it. You have all the research and you've done it yourself. And that's kind of where I want to start. I think you articulate it very well in the book. And I really enjoyed hearing about your personal journey. And I hope that people will read it in, in its full, full version. But if you could just give us a little snippet of sort of how you came to this idea of um, the importance of mindfulness and meditation in your own life. Sure. Well, uh, in a nutshell, my um, I'm, I'm from the East Coast, so I grew up with you know parents that were from New York with the mantra "work, work, work" or "achieve, achieve, achieve," and I developed this type A nature and um, the a tendency to overachieve, and that turned into anxiety over the years and through my experiences and work ethic and uh, just the nature of life. It it turned into um, a pretty severe at one point in life, uh, case of anxiety. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that is how I, I sort of started learning about mindfulness and sort of started entering the picture. But, um, meditation was very difficult for me when I first started. And, um, when I first started with yoga, even I didn't like, I didn't really like any of it. I didn't like the idea of it. I didn't like the, the idea of stillness. It was very difficult for me to grasp as a, you know, a type A overachiever from the East coast. Yeah. So, um, it took me a while, but what I found when I really gathered up my patience and dialed into the practice was amazing and overwhelming positivity. And when I really started getting more consistent with um, mindfulness practice, my, you know, I was getting panic attacks. They stopped entirely and uh, my anxiety levels decreased within weeks of really getting consistent. So wow, that's that's, that's kind of what led me, not the... Not the uh, the best story to lead you in, but I'm grateful for it all because it's changed my life. Yeah, well, and you, I, I'm sure that some people are identifying with your story, so I think it's great to, to share. And I actually loved the piece where you said, yeah, like, send me to a vinyasa class where I can just move nonstop and I'm cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, I was in the beginning, total, you know? Yeah, I was a total fitness fanatic, and that's why I started with yoga because yeah. it's a very, you know, it's a very physical way of grounding your attention and, mm-hmm. and anchoring your attention. And I think that works for a lot of people, at least for the start, you know? It's yeah. easier to kind of root your attention in the physical Right. Uh, sense. So talk a little bit about the difference between mindfulness and meditation. Yeah, great question. So this is confusing for a lot of people. Yeah. Mindfulness really just means being aware of the present moment without any judgment. So any practice or activity where you're practicing being aware of the present moment, that's moment to moment without any judgment, that's a mindfulness practice. Okay. And meditation is really just one tool for mindfulness. So the goal here with meditation, at least, at least for me, is to really, it's not just to be mindful in my um, meditation practice, but to really be more mindful and more present in, in everyday life. Yeah. 
So um, mindfulness is, you know, a formal meditation practice is really a way to cultivate that, you know, peace, sense of awareness, stillness, not just during your meditation practice, but be able to bring it with you into, you know, every part of your life, into your relationships, your jobs, your communities, to bring that sense of peace with you into every facet of your life. Well, I think in the, in the yogic texts, and in some of the master teachers will talk about the yoga happens off your mat. <laughs> That's Absolutely. sort of what we're looking for. If we can cultivate peace on the meditation cushion and on the mat, sometimes that's even easier. Um, even, even though it can be a struggle, it, it's when we stop, it's the practice really begins once we're done. Yeah. Once we can or moving. figure out how to transfer it. Right. Yeah. So, well, that's great. That's helpful because I think you're right. A lot of people are confused about that. And mindfulness is a word that's getting thrown around a ton right now just because it's important. And I think it's great that it's getting so much sort of airtime, so to speak. But I don't know if people always know exactly what's being um, referenced when they say mindfulness. So, Sure. Moment to moment awareness. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So if someone just didn't really have a practice and they wanted to start somewhere where where do you recommend that people start if this all feels overwhelming and they're going I can't meditate like I don't know what you're talking about (laughs) yeah yeah I mean I think it's it's I think it's the first stop is really maybe a guided meditation because I think it is important to as you're as you're a beginner Mm -hmm. um to maybe find a group or a teacher or a mentor um, to guide you through all the steps. Cause there are a lot of things and there are, are there a ton of myths about meditation and yeah. what it means, what it looks like. And uh, there are so many different styles and practices. So I think it's great to really find a, a teacher or multiple groups to explore. But if you just want to get started today and you don't have those resources, I would say go online, find some guided meditations um, and explore different styles and see what you like, see what you kind of naturally gravitate toward. I have um, I have a guided meditation for free on my website, mindfulminutes.com. Awesome. So that's one place to start. It's uh, about 10 minutes long and it's, um, it's centered around releasing stress. Mm-hmm. So I think it's pretty relevant to everybody. But guided meditations are great because you don't really have to know what to do. You just kind of listen for yeah. um, the person guiding so, but in, in my book, I actually talk about, um, you know, all of the different steps and how to get started and the rules of meditation and, you know, what not to do, what to do and yeah. what to expect and all of the different experiences that come. So yeah, it's definitely all inclusive. If you're interested, that is a great place to start. It really has a lot of information in it. And I remember you saying that if you just really wanted to get started beyond um, a guided meditation, which is a great a great resource. You could just practice sitting for five minutes or something. Yeah. And just follow your breath. That's always a good place to start. Yeah. Try to anchor your awareness in your breath. Cause that's something that's ever present. You know, yeah. we're always breathing. Yeah. Always Fortunately. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that, that uh, five minutes, we don't realize that if we haven't actually sat for five minutes, that it, it's actually feels like an eternity if you've never done it before. <laughs> sure. Especially if you're type A. <laughs> yeah. You're like, what? It's only been two minutes now. <laughs> I've been sitting here forever. Yeah. It's so true. Yeah. Well, I can attest to finding something that is, is that works for you. Cause I've tried lots of things over the years and lots of different versions of meditation. And I've been consistent and not consistent. And I finally feel like it's a pleasure to wake up and just go get to my cushion and have been doing it consistently for 
almost four months, which is definitely a record for me. So that's great. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. It feels huge. But at the same time, I think, um, you know, there are people that have been meditating every day for 20 years. So I'll feel, you know, it's always the next thing, but it just feels more like a habit now. And it makes me want to wake up and do it versus before when I'd say, Oh, I have to go meditate. <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeah. You have yeah. to figure out what works for you. Yeah. Otherwise you won't be motivated to do it. And that's the most important thing. Consistency being motivated to do it. So if it's that five minutes, mm-hmm. um, that's, that's great. If you're consistent with five minutes, it's far better than being inconsistent, you know, with an hour, half hour. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. So, you know? Actually, that was my next question is what are your tips for, um, I, I guess, other than finding something that really makes you want to get there is what are some other tips for how to stay consistent? Yeah. Um, great question. I think it, it really depends on, on the type of person you are. I think yeah. finding a, a time, I think time is in today's modern life and yeah. our culture, I think time is the biggest roadblock for people to, to be consistent. Mm-hmm. So you got to find a time that you'll actually be able to sit down and meditate every day. So figure out what that time is for you. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they say it takes 21 days to form a habit. So stick with it for just a few weeks and it, until it becomes habitual. And then it'll just be part of your routine. Um, another tip is, you know, set reminders the way we set reminders with anything that's important to us in life Mm -hmm. you know we find time for our priorities and the things we want to do oh it's so true (laughs) time appears so so fine you know schedule it in your outlook or in your iphone or whatever you know program or a post-it note you know whatever program you have reminders yeah set, set your reminders and then um you know there are a lot of apps uh, that'll do that for you too. That'll help kind of keep you on track and remind you to meditate. So if you decide, I don't know, lunchtime is a, is a good time for you, for your rhythm, then, um, maybe, uh, set, set a reminder on your phone or download insight timer or headspace or one of the apps that, that are really, you know, will actually tell you what to do and when to do it. So, yeah, you, can you set, um, a reminder on insight timer? I think on the paid version you can. Ah, cool. I okay, because I use that. I use that yeah. for just the, the timer portion of it. But. There are tons of apps okay. out, uh, out there, too, that will yeah. kind of depends on the style if you want guided meditations or if you just want to kind of log your, your meditation times. Right. Yeah. Well, and I think that that's – consistency is, is I think, the problem we all run into with everything, really. Right, <laughs> Whether right. Whether it's but- changing diet or your habits and <laughs> – but really, it's just finding the consistency. Once you've found it and it's habitual, you'll do it. You know, yeah. it's in your routine. It's in your rhythm. It's in your daily habits. Yeah, because so. I'm in that category of the rise, pee, meditate people because uh, the morning is my best time, whereas my husband has a totally different meditation practice hmm. and he does it at night and I would fall asleep. <laughs> yeah, mornings are great. Yeah. Um, a lot of people ask me when, you know, when the best time is. And mm-hmm. I, again, I always say whatever time that you'll actually sit down to meditate is the best time. Yeah. But I love meditating as soon as I, I wake up. You know, nothing can get in the way of, of the meditation if, I, if I'm not checking my email or, right. you know, doing anything else before I sit. So. And for me, and if it, I started doing other things, I, it wouldn't happen, I don't think. So I sort of have to just do it. <laughs> yeah. The other nice thing about mornings is that they're generally kind of, they have a quieter energy compared to other times of day. So, yeah. you know, it's before your meetings or, or your classes or whatever responsibilities you have. And so kind of the quiet mode of the day. So yeah. meditation matches that quiet quietness, that stillness. Definitely. 
Well, you mentioned myths, and I'd really love for you to address this one in particular that you talk about a lot, that this idea that we're supposed to be clearing our mind when we meditate. Because <laughs> I, I yeah. know that it keeps people back. They're like, I can't stop thinking. <laughs> this was the biggest reason I didn't meditate consistently for so long, because every time I sat down, I would have thoughts, and I thought I was doing something wrong, but... Yeah. You know, the truth is that clearing your mind, it, it seems difficult because it's impossible. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's a good reason. Yeah, it's completely impossible. And it, you know, it's the nature of our human mind to jump around. That's why they call it the monkey mind, jump around like a monkey mm -hmm. in search of, you know, from tree to tree in search of their next snack. And, um, you know, it's the mind's job to think. That is its one job. It's its whole job. Yeah. To think and get stuck. So, you know, we have more than 50,000 thoughts every single day. Mm -hmm. So our mind is not going to stop just because you're sitting on a meditation cushion. Right. Um, so in meditation, you should expect your mind to wander. The trick is not to get lost in it or judge it. Yeah. The practice of meditation is, you know, observing the present moment without judgment. So you're observing what's happening in your mind in a non-judgmental way. And, mm -hmm. you know, you catch it when it's wandering and then you bring it back. So if you're, for example, focusing on your breath, you'll focus on your breath. You'll say, you know, in and out to yourself silently or whatever anchor you decide to focus on. Mm -hmm. And then it'll, you know, decide to think about dinner plans or your to-do list. And then at some point you'll realize that it had wandered and then you'll just bring it back again and again. And I'll just keep happening. It's like a dance. Yeah. So that's normal. I think that's huge because I, I really, and you were there too. I think that's keeping a lot of people because they think, oh, I can't meditate because I can't quit my mind from going. Yeah, it's true. It's a, it's a big uh, myth and yeah, it's a tough question from beginners. So. Right. And I think that we're all sort of want, want to set ourselves up for success. And so when that feels like a failure, then we don't really want to try anymore. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's true. We don't like to fail, do we? No, as, even, even as non-type A's don't like to fail. <laughs> I think women especially actually have this problem. We don't like to, uh, you know, fall, show up short. That's my next question. <laughs> yeah. I just want to know from you what you think about the importance for women in meditation. That was just where I was headed. Why, why do you think especially uh, meditation and mindfulness is, is super important for women? Yeah. Um, Gosh, there are a lot of reasons for that. I think, okay, so I'm, I'm going to generalize again here. And I am. Yeah, I do, that's I understandable. Think, I think I'll say it's true for most of us ladies. Uh -huh. But um, the first thing I'll say is that I think generally speaking, women are insecure. Mm. You know, we tend to self-blame instead of place blame on others. Mm -hmm. And we have this theme of um, not being good enough. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's far more common. To I don't know what you're talking about, Melissa. <laughs> yeah. <I know>. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Go on. So, you know, we, we're constantly questioning ourselves and doubting ourselves. And I think um, we're generally mean to ourselves mm -hmm. with that inner voice. So our inner voice is constantly sounding like this, some sort of insecure child. Yeah. And um, the thing with meditation is that it, one of the benefits among many and it has is it has the power to increase compassion for your, for other people, of course, but also for ourselves. Yeah. Self compassion is huge for women, yeah. and when we're mindful or in our meditative practice, we're in the mode of observing rather than judging. Mm -hmm. And self judgment is one of big cause of insecurity, 
And self-compassion is a way to overcome insecurity. So when we're able to let go of that insecurity, we build confidence. And that's important for for everyone, both men and women. But I think confidence is especially important for women because it's something we lack. And and so, yeah, compassion is a huge benefit of meditation and a great antidote for insecurity. I love it. And then, I mean, in turn, if we have more compassion for ourselves and we show up for other people better and, and just every aspect of our lives. Absolutely. Absolutely. The other thing I'll say is, is um, for women is stress. You know, I think women today are more stressed out than ever. You know, we're often the, the one running the households, holding careers, you know, maintaining social circles, we're caring for our parents who are living longer these days. And, you know, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to do it all, do it all well. And, and, you know, if that's not stressful, what is? And to look good doing it. Oh, of course. Didn't forget about that. So, you know, meditation (laughs) is often referred to as the antidote to stress. And there's a ton of research that backs this up. But generally speaking, you know, studies say that meditation lowers cortisol levels, which is the stress hormone, and shrinks the gray matter in the areas of our brain associated with stress. So it's a, it's a stress fighter, a stress buster, and us women need it, you know? Yeah, that's so amazing, all the research that's coming out. I mean, there's really no denying it. Anyone that was, like, thinking meditation was woo-woo or weird, I mean, there's, there's so much out there that you could show someone that feels like that about meditation. That Absolutely. I mean, it's literally changing our brain. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I'm the biggest skeptic of them all. I, I, you know, I, my background is in journalism, and uh-huh. so I always need a source. And it was really all the science that started coming out um, in the mid, you know, around 2005, 2007. Mm-hmm. It really started uh, amping up in the, in, the, in the research department, and that convinced me you know? That's great. Yeah. And I'm the like angel fairy over here. I'm like, I know it feels good. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) I don't need research, but I respect that it's coming out and I think that it's needed. So I don't personally need to see it because I can feel it in my body and I'm okay with uncertainty like that. But, um, it's great that we can actually look at things now and say, wow, it's really helping. Well, I think the thing with research too, though, is that people who, who experience is the most important thing. If you feel it's helping you, you'll continue to do it. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the people who won't try it won't ever get to experience it if they're not convinced first. So. Yes, that's great. Yeah, if that's what you need to see it on paper before you dive in, then um, it's wonderful. And your book does a good job of laying that all out. I was, I was impressed. Thank you so much. Yeah, and that was going to be my question, the benefits. So you, you were just going right along. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm curious... What, sorry, were you done about women? Was that, I think that was I a great answer. I could go on. Oh, okay. I mean, there's so many benefits, and a lot of it crosses over to men, of course. Yes, yes, of course. We're just having a focus on women for this particular podcast, but any men listening, of course, I um, support all the men and women of the world meditating. In fact, I mean, I think that's something that could change the world. I mean, it sounds so radical, but if every single person in every household was meditating on a regular basis, can you even imagine? Yeah, we would have a lot more peace. We really would. I mean, Uh, I notice subtleties in my life, even now, just meditating, like I said, these past three or four months, there's just been small shifts that I notice. Sure. And and one of them was compassion towards someone else. I I felt irritated about something the other day, and I was almost going to, like, send off a sort of nasty text. (laughs) We've all been there. (laughs) Yeah, right? And, And instead, I put myself in their position. And I just thought about where they were coming from for a second, and I crafted a a much more kind and compassionate text. 
And their response was, wow, you really read my mind. That's exactly what's going on right now. And yes, let's do whatever I suggested, you know? And I just thought, wow, that, that was so much better. That feels so much better. I, I might've been a jerk unnecessarily. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We we're we're far more suited to pause before we do and say things when we have a practice. I think that's what I found in my own life. That's exactly what it was. It was a pause because I was feeling irritable and it wasn't even, there wasn't, it wasn't even warranted. There was no reason for me to feel irritated. And I think because I didn't react right away, then I was able to react in a, a kinder, gentler way. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it felt good. I was like, wow, this is amazing. <laughs> that's um, great. So it, do you have some from some tips? So, I mean, obviously, there's all kinds of different types of meditation. But um, in talking about a, a mindfulness practice throughout your day, what would you say um, as some tips and maybe exercises even that people could do to be more mindful throughout their day? Besides meditation. Yeah, someone's like, they're just not ready, or maybe they just want to add additional things, in a, you know, besides meditation. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think um, there are a few things. I think the one, the one thing I'll always start with when I'm asked this question is try to remove distractions from your day. Ooh, that's um, a big one. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, in order to be productive and, and present, you have to learn to work mindfully. And that means focusing on one thing at a time. And we all know, like, we're constantly self-interrupting ourselves with texts and notifications and, and social media and emails. And it takes a lot of time to get back to what you're doing once yeah. you're kind of distracted. And this goes, you know, with self-distractions and, you know, people interrupting your day. So it's kind of like, I think, I think one really important thing to is related to technology because I think that's our biggest distraction. And it's, so I would say learn to take, you know, technology breaks throughout your day or week. Mm -hmm. Designating, you know, elect electronics or gadget-free windows of time in your days or your weeks to avoid becoming overreactive to your device or your phone. Um, I know I have this problem and I have a, uh, not a lot of willpower with my, my yeah. cell phone. And I think it's a real big barrier to showing up in a mindful way. You know, we've all been in a conversation with someone who, you know, takes out their phone in the middle of it. And you, the brain literally can't focus on more than one thing at a time. Yeah. So you're essentially dividing your attention, whether it's with another person or with your work and a text message that comes in or whatever it might be. So, you know, know what distracts you and try to eliminate those things. For me, it's technology. So I turn off all my notifications when I'm sitting down to write, for example. That's good, yeah. I have to leave mine at home if I'm going to go yeah. cell phone free. Like, I can't even have it in my place, yeah. so I just have my to leave it at home. Is, yeah, my favorite is uh, go somewhere, you know, once a month without service. And oh, nice. I, I always say to my students, you can... You can certainly go somewhere with service, but I don't have the willpower and I know myself, so <laughs> to go somewhere without service. Yeah. Um, just eliminate it. the temptation. Exactly. Exactly. Um, other things is just p pausing throughout your day, you know, mm -hmm. becoming more aware of your emotions. So if you're in a stressful situation, take one deep breath before you respond, oh. you know? Notice when you're, when you're, you know, you feel stress rising or you feel a reaction or emotion rising mm -hmm. and take a couple of breaths or a pause before responding. Um, super helpful. 
Um, and throughout the day, you can do that. Maybe you're waiting online at the grocery store and you reach for your phone, for example. Um, and you have three minutes. Close your eyes. Focus on your breath. You know, take that time to just kind of tune into yourself instead of externally to your Facebook feed or your yeah. you know, the magazine on the shelf or whatever it might be. Yeah, I like grocery store. Sometimes I'll, the grocery store meditation, sometimes I'll, I'll be in, in the longer line on purpose just to practice my patience and my presence. That's a good tip. Yeah. Or, or you know, when you get to the front and you've seen the person that's irritated, I always just say, it's okay. I'm not in a hurry. <laughs> yeah. Even if you are. It's just I know, kind of, it is. It's a, a really nice kind of environment for everyone. Yeah, and it's just a reminder to myself that I don't have to be irritated just because someone took a little while to get through the line. Exactly, exactly. And the other thing I would say is, um, you know, we don't connect enough in our culture. You know, we're always on our phone. This also goes back to technology. I'm, I'm a huge <laughs> technology breaks. But I think, you know, um, when you're walking down the street, you know, put your phone away sometimes at least yeah. and connect with people. Look people in the eye and say hello. Those sorts of things are great practices in mindfulness and present moment awareness. Wonderful. Well, thank you. That's all great stuff. I appreciate it. Is there anything else that you wanted to share? Anything that we didn't get to that feels important today? Um, I don't think so. Uh, I think you covered a lot. I appreciate all the thoughtful questions. Yeah. Well, you had great answers. I appreciate it too. I mean, I, I would say that end with uh we could end with a little mini meditation if you felt up to it maybe just one or two minutes even sure sure okay. so um yeah that sounds great let's um so if you're listening find a comfortable seat sitting up tall maybe on the edge of your seat if you're in a chair placing both feet on the earth firmly mm. We'll just take a couple of cleansing breaths here, inhaling deeply through the nose. Pause at the top. Open your mouth and let it out with a sigh, an audible sigh. Good. Again, inhaling fully through the nose. Pause at the top. And take a big exhale through the mouth. And then see if you can find a little bit more length in your spine, a little bit more openness in your heart, a little bit more softness in your face. And beginning to focus on your breath. Imagining your breath as if it were a balloon. So with every inhale, expanding that balloon, choosing a color that you'd like today for the balloon, expanding that bright balloon. And with every exhale, watching that balloon constrict, release, settle. Inhaling as the balloon expands, as your breath and lungs fill. And exhaling as you release and relax. Allowing your breath to lead and your mind to follow. Take five more breaths here, just like that.
when you notice your mind wandering. Just observe, let it go, come back to your breath, that image of the balloon. And taking one more full cycle of breath. And then opening the eyes whenever you're ready without any hurry in your mind. Thank you. Yeah. That was lovely. Thank you. I think that for anyone listening that hasn't really done anything like that, you can even just in the first three breaths that we took time to take together, you already feel a shift. Yeah. I do anyway. <laughs> Pretty powerful stuff for yeah. sure. And I feel like when I've done that in a group setting that you, you feel it in the room too. So I think it, you know, it's happening to us all. Um, well, before we go, I would like to know from you, what's one book that changed your life? I would say The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. Oh, my gosh. It's a really game changer for me. Okay, the third time that this book has come up. And I've actually read it, but I feel like I should read it again. <laughs> I, read, I think I've bought more copies of that book than anyone. I mean, I've probably bought 50 copies for people. Nice. Yeah. <clears throat> it's a great read. And it's short and just easy. And it's a great read. And we can all... Yeah, we can all relate. He's a beautiful writer. So oh, wonderful. Well, thank you. What's your favorite yoga pose? Ooh, um, I would say normally a back bend, but I'm injured at the moment, so I will say shavasana, oh, which used one. to be my favorite. <laughs> oh, what a cool shift that you've had. <laughs> so, um, and what about a favorite quote? Do you have one? A favorite quote. Hmm. There are so many. Um, so I think I would say awareness is like the sun. Mm -hmm. When it shines on things, they are transformed. Ooh, that's that's... Han. Oh, yeah. He's, he's good for some good quotes. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Will you say it one more time? Sure. Awareness is like the sun. When it shines on things, they are transformed. And I apologize if I didn't get it word for word, but that's the gist. I think it's about right. <laughs> I, like it. I like it. I'll take it. <laughs> oh, well, that's a wonderful note to end on, I feel. Thank you so much, Melissa. Yeah, thank you. Thank I appreciate you. it. If anyone has any questions about mindfulness or meditation or getting started, I'd love to support you. Um, yeah. You can find me on mindfulminutes.com. Excellent. Yeah, we'll have links to all of your ways to get in contact with you. And thank you for being a resource for the community. It's much appreciated. Yeah. Thank you for hosting this podcast. I think it's an important thing for important offering for women. So you're welcome. All right. Well, take care. All right.